These pages offer a way of looking at the arts that flies in the face of most writing and criticism today, a way that I believe has more validity, more power, and more possibilities than the hermetic discourse that deadens so much of the humanities. It is time to look at the arts in the light of Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, to talk about instinct and art. What can Darwin possibly tell us about artistic creation? To be sure, Darwinian evolution may explain our physical features, the function of the pancreas, or the origin of our opposable thumb. But our love for Emily Dickinson's poetry, Bach's Chacon, or Jackson Pollock's One, Number 31, 1950, the idea that humans have a mating instinct, perhaps, a maternal instinct, maybe, but an art instinct? The very idea seems oxymoronic. Instincts, we tend to think, are automatic, unconscious patterns of behavior. The spider's web that glistens in the morning dew was dictated by a genetic code in the spider's tiny brain. The web may be a lovely sight to our eyes, but its beauty is a mere byproduct of a spider's way of enjoying breakfast. From the standpoint of either the spider or the human observer, such pretty accidents of nature are a long way from how we normally regard works of art. Artworks are the most complex and diverse of human achievements, creations of free human will and conscious execution. Art-making requires rational choice, intuitive talent, and the highest levels of learned, not innate, skills. Every member of a web-spinning spider species produces essentially the same web from the same code as every other member. Artworks, on the other hand, tend toward a personal expression that gives them dazzling variety. No two Monet water lily paintings, attic tragedies, or Brahms intermezzos are identical. Not even two performances of the same tragedy or intermezzo. The arts are about particularity. They bring together traditions, genres, an artist's private experience, fantasy, and emotion, fused and transformed in aesthetic imagination. On top of this, artistic works and performances are often among the most gaudy and flamboyant of human creations, seemingly the opposite of pragmatic behavior. While at the rarefied level of the most profound and enduring masterpieces, they can reveal an elevated spirituality, unparalleled in human experience. Any way you look at it, the arts have nothing to do with the mundane facts of body and brain that Darwinian evolution typically explains. Everything I've just said about the arts is accurate, except the last sentence. In this book, I intend to show why thinking that the arts are beyond the reach of evolution is a mistake overdue for correction. Darwin himself wrote at the conclusion of On the Origin of Species, quote, In the distant future, I see open fields for far more important researches. Psychology will be based on a new foundation, that of the necessary acquirement of each mental power and capacity by gradation. End quote. How right he was. Recent years have seen immensely productive applications of Darwinian ideas in anthropology, economics, social psychology, linguistics, history, politics, legal theory, and criminology, as well as the philosophical study of rationality, 
theology, and value theory. Underlying this Darwinian sea change in research and scholarship is evolutionary psychology, the science that explains many hitherto curious aspects of social, sexual, and cultural life. While it is true that the arts, and the cultural worlds out of which they arise, are immensely complex, they are not isolated from evolution. Why should the study of the arts shut itself off from a perspective that has already enriched and revitalized so many other fields of inquiry?